so hello everyone uh, firstly would like to uh, uh, thank all the participant for joining in today uh, it's a lockdown in maharashtra not sure what's happening in other part of the country uh, but uh, i'm sure i think aditi is also there is a lockdown in bombay aditi yes yes there is yeah. okay okay all right so uh, aditi the format of the show, show is very simple uh, we invite uh, domain experts like you we try and understand what's happening in the industry you'll also try and read your mind in terms of how do you look at healthcare as an industry uh, last year we saw a lot of stocks participating in uh, particularly from healthcare industry some of them have doubled some of them have tripled also so Indeed. i keep getting a lot of feedback from my investors and they are all curious to know is this the time to book profits in the industry i mean yeah. particularly in healthcare or pharma or uh, it's a time that you should hold on to it and you see more upsides coming in so sure. before we start the session let me uh, quickly introduce uh, the group first so uh, incred uh, as a group was started by mr bupender singh uh, he had 16 years of uh, you know stint with doesh uh, long back and he was a co-head uh, for investment banking and their security business and then they started their incred group in india they have many verticals so they are into nbfc they are into uh, asset management business they are into wealth management investment banking in india particularly the asset management business is something which is now they've started focusing on um, minal singh has joined them as a ceo and cio from icici he was a deputy cio at icic mutual fund for good amount of time so under his able guidance now they are building up their presence in india as well so i was interacting with mr pravin ladia who has recently taken over as national head uh, uh, for uh, incred amc in fact we had a chance to work together during a stint at motilal oswal and this is how we got in touch with each other so i'd like to before we start the session i also take this opportunity to thank pravin ladia for helping us to organize this session so the whole idea of uh, you know organizing uh, the sort of knowledge based uh, knowledge based session is to understand more from the industry expert and today we've invited aditya khemka from uh, incred amc aditya does not believe in jack of the all and mastery of the none therefore right from the beginning of his career he started focusing on healthcare uh, as an industry which is very close to his heart and uh, and he had a stint a uh, long stint with dsp mutual fund where he was the you know uh, i would say rockstar fund manager and the under his guidance and leadership the fund delivered almost 40% alpha uh, i remember at one point of time then he went on to work with couple of large organizations like ambit capital and they are very strong on the institutional side then they worked with nomora he also had a chance to work with uh, uh, lemon i think for quite some time and he managed to look after both india and uh, uh, us markets per se for healthcare you also managed to look after latin america so aditi you have a good amount of experience in in the in the healthcare industry per se so we thought you would be the right person because lot of investors are curious to know what's happening in this industry we see good number of stocks really doubling up tripling up and they continue to deliver good returns but you know aditi one observation is that if you look at particularly last decade or or more than 15 years 20 years of history of pharma and healthcare in india this sector looked looks to be a very contrarian in terms of the performance we saw a lot of roller coaster ride particularly in this industry for example you invest in any pharma company and suddenly you see any fd observation coming in and then suddenly you see that stock is 
you know, not delivering returns for long period of time. So, for example, Sun Pharma, which was doing very well at one point of time, and it ended up delivering almost negative return between 2000, you know, uh, 17, 18, and 19. Uh, so uh, today, you know, we want to understand basics from you first because there are a lot of investors who have joined for the first time, and they would like to know more from you in terms of. Uh, you know, what's happening. A, B is if you could also throw some more lights in terms of basics of the industry before mm -hmm. we get on to the outlook of the equity market. So over to you, Aditya. Thank you for joining in. Thanks, Vikash. And that was a quite an elaborate uh, introduction. And thanks everyone else for joining in. I know it's a Saturday afternoon and I have a running nose. So sorry <laughs> if I keep piping my nose, just pardon me for that. Yeah, that, that's okay. <laughs> so... Okay, uh, so let let me sort of share a slide, a uh, couple of slides with you. I think uh, you know no. the questions that you asked, Vikash, we have already answered in our slides. So okay. I will take you through the journey of healthcare, you know, and I'll take you through what really the industry is. I think people don't understand the industry very well, and which is where a lot of these questions are, are coming from. So I will try to address that primarily. And then we will come down to answering the question of whether it is still a good investment opportunity, whether we still invest in healthcare or should we book profits, right? That's that's the conclusion of my presentation, right? Uh, the Incred Group, as you already introduced to uh, the audience, uh, uh, Bhupinder Singh is the founder and CEO. He is ex-Deutsche. And the group mentor is Anshu Jain, who is ex-CEO of Deutsche Bank. Um, from the AMC perspective, the chairperson designated is Punita Kumar Sina. She is very well known in the industry for her experience with BlackRock, for her experience with other, you know, uh, marquee uh, 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 financial services companies. She is also on the board of uh, many listed companies like uh, Lupin and Infosys, um, and she is also the on the board of the uh, 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 CFA Institute. Uh, Minal Singh is the CEO CIO. Uh, he is uh, ex ICICI Prudential, as many would know. He used to actively manage 25,000 crores of AUM when at ICICI Prudential. Now coming to the Indian healthcare opportunity, and you, you you spoke about you know the roller coaster ride of healthcare. So let's let's you know talk about that a little. You know, FI9 to 15 was a golden run for healthcare. Uh, you know, sector as a sector. If you see from FI9 to 15, each and every year the BSC Healthcare Index outperformed the Nifty each and every year. Some year the outperformance was as much as 45%, like in FI15. Some year it was as low as 5%, but it was outperforming each and every year. Then there were four years of reversal, where basically each and every year the BSC Healthcare Index underperformed the Nifty. Now, some year the underperformance was as high as 24%, some year the underperformance was as low as 5%, but there was underperformance every year. Now, for the past two years, again, the Healthcare Index has started outperforming the Nifty. And this outperformance is very likely to continue. Now, let me talk about why. Now, you, you spoke about, you know, you guys wanted some insight on what is healthcare and, you know, what is pharma, just to explain the industry briefly to you. Uh, so, you know, there are basically five components in healthcare, okay? The first component in healthcare is the generic, generic business that these companies, pharma companies do when they sell their products in US. Um, now that business is basically like a steel business. It's a commodity business. Why? Say there is a patient in US, he has fever. He goes to the doctor. The doctor writes a prescription saying paracetamol. Now that patient comes to the pharmacy, says, I want paracetamol. The pharmacy will say, okay, I have five different paracetamols. One manufactured by Dr. Eddie's, one by Sun Pharma, 
one by lupin one by cadela and which one would you like to buy you know so in the patient's head he is buying paracetamol he doesn't really care who has manufactured it so therefore what he next question he asks is what is the price of paracetamol right and then the pharmacist will tell him the price of each of these products and then more often than not the patient will end up choosing the product with the least price correct so therefore it becomes like a commodity market where whoever is able to price the product the lowest is able to sell the maximum volume but because you are pricing the product the lowest the margin of the product will also be the lowest for you because you know you are selling it at the lowest price so it becomes a commodity market think of it as a steel market or or as copper market or as aluminum market there is no difference between steel produced by one producer and the other producer right is just about who is pricing it at what price and therefore who is going to sell how much correct so in this market therefore in any commodity market what is important is demand and supply am i right now if there if the demand is above supply if this is the supply and if this is the demand the pricing is going to be good and everybody is going to make very high amount of profit correct similarly if pricing and demand are almost similar in terms of quantity then uh, nobody is going to make any huge profit but nobody is going to make a significant loss at the same time if the supply is above demand then everybody is going to sell at very cheap prices and people may not be making any decent profit at all right that's what happens in commodity markets that's exactly how the us and the western european markets behave for pharma companies they are all commodity markets where you are not allowed to brand your products and therefore the the patient basically ends up buying the product which cost him the least okay now what is changing in this market so today many of indian pharma companies actually don't make a decent profit in the commodity markets like us and western europe now think about it we are globally indian pharma companies are globally the cheapest producers of finished dosage formulation products in the world we are the cheapest producers nobody competes with us including china china is a customer china buys from us the finished product they don't compete with us and us europe obviously have long sort of given up the battle with indian pharma companies today indian pharma companies in us have got a 50% market share 50 50% market share this was about 6% back in 2006 this market share was 6% today it is 50% so over 15 years we have driven our market share from 6% to 50% and we have been able to do that we have been able to do that because we have been able to price our product far far lower than our competitors and therefore everybody is buying our product correct but the pricing has become so bad today in the us market that despite being the cheapest cost producers many of these indian pharma companies aren't making a decent profit in the us market now when that happens right what is the competition facing if we are not making any profits despite being the cheapest producers our competitors who are american european african their cost is 20 30 40 percent higher than us but they are selling prices the same as us because it's a commodity market you can't charge a different price so what is happening to them they are bleeding big no they are making huge losses as a result what we have seen in the last 4 5 uh, in the last 12 to 18 months four to five american pharma companies have filed for bankruptcy okay they have a seto pharma lenet melincrot rising they have all filed for bankruptcies why are they filing for bankruptcy because they can't survive they can't survive in the current environment in the current pricing they are not even manufacturing their cost of product they are not even recovering their cost of production and if they are not even recovering their cost of production why would they stay in business right you don't you are not in business to make losses am i right so therefore 
Now, the demand supply gap that was existing is slowly closing down. Supply is coming down. Why is supply coming down? Because the competitors are purely out of business. They can't sell these products at such bad prices. We can still sell it and we can still sustain. They can't sell it and sustain. So they are basically reducing the supply. Now, when supply reduces and demand stays where it is, what happens to pricing? Pricing begins to improve. Simple economics, simple basic economics, right? So that is how the US market is improving. The other thing which is happening in the Jindic Jindic segment is the China market. Now to give you some history, in India, in 1980s, MNC Pharma companies used to have 90% market share, 9-0, 90% market share. Today in India, MNC Pharma companies have 10% market share. So over the last four decades, Indian pharma companies have pushed out the multinational pharma companies like Glaxo, Pfizer, and they've reduced their market share to 10%, which used to be 90%. In China today, the market share of the same MNC pharma companies is 85%. Now, the reason why it is so is because China has not allowed Indian companies to enter the Chinese pharma market. And the local domestic industry of the Chinese government, you know, the China pharmaceutical industry, they have not been able to push out the MNC companies at all. They have not been able to compete with the MNCs, which is why the MNCs still control 85% market share. Now, the problem with that is when MNCs have such a large market share, they demand extraordinarily high prices for their products. And therefore, the healthcare bill of the Chinese government is very, very high. And now they have gotten tired of paying that high bill. Now they have opened doors for Indian pharma companies. And now Indian pharma companies have started filing products in China, where they are saying, look, we already have the product. We already sell it in US, we sell it in India, we sell it in 200 geographies. There is no additional cost for us for selling the same product in China. But if I can sell the same product in China, I can get additional revenue. And that will drive operating leverage in the segment. Okay, because you're not incurring extra cost, you're just getting extra revenue for your efforts and which is where operating leverage will come in. So this is the first layer of the business. This is the genetic genetic business, which is basically like a commodity business, not a great business to be in, but it is a business where you are most competitive when it comes to the cost of the product. And therefore you will be the last man standing, no matter what the price of the product, you will be the last man standing amongst all your competitors, right? The second business that Indian Vama companies do is the branded generic business, is this business, branded generic. This business is characterized by high margin, low capex and very steady cash flow. So this is our India business, for instance, the domestic business, right? Here where a patient has fever, he goes to the pharma, uh, he goes to the doctor. The doctor writes a prescription saying crocin. He doesn't write paracetamol. He writes crocin or he writes calpol. So now when the patient goes to the pharmacy, he just, he's just buying crocin or calpol, no matter what the price of the product, right? So the brand, the brand is what protects the pricing of the product. The brand is what sells the product, not the price point, correct? So therefore, in the Indian market, it is more like an FMCG business for Indian pharma companies. We are not manufacturers here. We don't really care if you manufacture the product or not. We are branding companies here. We are branding and promotion companies like HULS, like PNGS. The brand, we promote, we advertise. Not to the direct patient, we advertise to the doctor. And the doctor writes a prescription and the prescription sells the product. Correct? So here, in this business, not only our margins are significantly high, because whoever has the bigger brand can create his own price and the product will still sell. As long as the doctor is writing crocin and crocin is available for 50 rupees a strip, you will not really go and buy Dolo, which is the same product, but at 20 rupees a strip, but you're still buying crocin, right? So therefore the pricing of the product doesn't really depend on the competition that much. It depends on the brand of the product. And if the brand is established and solid, then you will always have customers for your brand. So it's a high margin business, 
very high roe very steady cash flows and no need for reinvestment because you don't have capacity where do you reinvest you are getting all your production third party manufacture you are just branding and selling so where do you reinvest cash you can't reinvest that cash so you just make a lot of cash and you don't have any place to reinvest it a great business now the third business that these companies do is the api business this is a raw material api is active pharmaceutical ingredient these are raw materials which are used to manufacture the finished product correct now in this business china is the like god okay so they they manufacture they sell products worth 40 billion dollars globally india sells api worth 4 billion dollars in the export markets now what is changing here in the cost of api manufacturing right 20% of your cost of manufacturing is pollution control now china never had pollution control right because they created this industrial parks ever there was no pollution control and all these plants were polluting as much as they want and they were producing those apis which indian companies were also producing but we had pollution control and they never had it so their cost of production was automatically 20 30% cheaper than our cost of production because of no pollution control now all the chinese uh, provinces are implementing anti pollution norms now when they are implementing that their cost of production is going up <coughs> excuse me so their cost of production is now going up now when their cost of production is going up that cost arbitrage between buying from china versus buying from india is narrowing down moreover api you know chinese uh, companies have defaulted twice in supplying apis now once they defaulted back in 2017 18 when the implementation of pollution norms began to the defaulted when covid happened everybody knows that wuhan was the epicenter of covid virus very few people know that wuhan is also the manufacturing hub of api in china so therefore the first industry which got disrupted because of covid virus was actually the api production industry in china and that that basically caused a lot of pain and suffering to their customers now the same customers who are buying let's say 100 out of 100 tons from china are saying that look first of all now the chinese product is not very cheap compared to the indian product it is slightly cheaper and china has already defaulted twice on its supply agreements so i don't want to buy the entire 100 tons from china i want to continue to buy let's say 50 60 70 tons from china but the balance quantity i want to buy from india so that i can de-risk my supply chain so that i can be sure of supply even if it's at a slightly higher price i am okay with that correct now when that happens imagine china is 40 billion dollars in size india is 4 billion dollars in size if china loses as much as 10 20% of their market share which is not going to be big it's a very small number 10 20% market share indian revenue can double or treble <coughs> because of gaining that share from china which is why you said na many stocks multiplied they multiplied because of this because these stocks are in this segment where their revenues are actually going to multiply in the next 2 3 years because of them getting so much demand from china and you know they can they can just substitute china in those products it's it's already happened in chemical companies if you see a lot of chemical company stocks you will see those stocks are multiplied over the last 3 4 years it has just began in api companies that multiplication has just began so we are in the early stages of that you know the uh, uh, api company journey so this industry is also going to become extremely profitable it's, al- it's already become profitable and it's going to become more and more profitable as more and more demands uh, migrates from china to india the fourth part is the hospital segment now the hospital segment is a great business and it's a very very misunderstood business it's not capital intensive it used to be capital intensive 20 years back when all of the hospitals wanted to own the land and building on which they are making the hospital facility today all hospital companies want to lease the land and building so it's like the you know a uh, business where you uh, it's like the retail business like aditya birla fashion retail or like trent where you just 
lease in the land and building you open your own showroom and you let the customers come now in hospitals what happens is when you create new capacity your new capacity takes 2 to 3 years to break even okay because sara cost to upfront hai all the cost is upfront but the patient takes time to come it comes slowly right so for the first 2 3 years when you have created huge capacity you you make losses in the new capacity slowly those losses become profit and then when they become profit when the beds mature more and more they become highly profitable okay now many of these hospital chains have created a lot of new capacity in the last 4 5 years so today in their pnl there is a lot of losses which is coming from these new capacities but going forward many of them are not going to incur any material capex over the next 3 to 5 years so they will not have any incremental new losses coming from new capex their current losses will become to narrow and actually become profitable you know as time passes as the beds mature so overall their pnl balance sheet cash flow everything will start looking better and better and that is where these stocks will start doing better and better going forward in diagnostics it's a simple business it's a branded business again you know 10 years earlier in india nobody used to care whether we are going to a sunflower diagnostics or a purnima diagnostics nobody used to care so much today these diagnostic companies have spent so much money in branding that everybody has become aspirational even in diagnostics everybody wants to go to an srl a fortis uh, or a, or a dr lal or propolis right now that aspiration is driving the market share gain for these chains so these chains which are only 15% of the market organized market is only 15 unorganized is 85 now this 15% market is actually growing at 15 to 18% in top line and the unorganized market is also growing at 6 to 7% top line so <clears throat> over the next 20 to 30 years the unorganized market will continue to grow and take share for the unorganized players in the diagnostic segment so these are the five primary segments in pharma if you ask me uh contract manufacturing is something which is akin to api production so it's sort of you know linked to that now coming to uh you know uh the biggest arbitrage in pharma okay so if you look at the track record of my previously managed fund the dsp healthcare fund um i don't know if i have it in this slide if i do i'll show you just for one second and then i will take you back to this original slide um just give me a second yeah so this is the fund i used to manage uh, vikash uh, now this fund the dsp healthcare fund was the best performing asset class in india in 2020 regardless of mf pms aif regardless of sectoral non sectoral equity non equity hybrid whatever you can think of gold non gold commodity non commodity this fund was the best performing asset in india in 2020 okay it gave a 74% return in one financial year in one calendar year okay now many people congratulate me aditya well done you have managed a product which gave the best return in a given year uh, i i take that congratulations with heart you know i i love it when people congratulate me on such an achievement but the bigger achievement people miss vikash people miss the bigger achievement the bigger achievement is not the 74% return the bigger achievement is generating that kind of return with the lowest volatility highest return with the lowest volatility because that is the achievement look at the sharp ratio of that product versus the sharp ratio of other products in the same segment okay now the sharp ratio is what the sharp ratio tells you units of reward per unit of risk right now this product had a 1.8 sharp ratio whereas other products had 1.4 1.1 even 0.6 correct now you know we all like to believe markets are efficient don't we because if markets are efficient you should not be able to generate higher return with lower risk to generate higher return you need to take higher risk am i right that is what you tell your clients don't you ki sir equity mein paisa dalenge risk high hai lekin return bhi high hai 
correct what i am showing you that this product has demonstrated over 20 24 months that you can generate higher returns with lower risk you can actually generate better than fixed income returns with lower than fixed income risk how is that possible it's possible because of inefficiency in the market what is inefficiency in the market let me talk to you about that and i think that will be my, my you know key point in this webinar to our clients i'll just talk to you about that so people don't understand pharma companies okay i told you that there are you know three different businesses within pharma there is the us business which is more the commodity steel business there is the india business which is more the fmcg business and then there is the api business which is more the raw material manufacturing business correct let's take example of this pharma company the pharma company reported 100 crores of sales 22 crores of ebitda 9 and 1/2 crores of pat all on 100 crores of capital employed so 10% roe right now when a average lehman financial analyst looks at these numbers he says okay 9 and 1/2 rupees of pat so let me value this pharma company at 20 times right 10% return on equity is not great okay return on equity so 20 times 9 and 1/2 190 rupees should be the price of the stock this is how we all look at all pharma companies that exist today right sun lupin dr reddy cadilla sipla we all look at them in this fashion it is absolutely absurd to look at them in this fashion it's wrong it's mathematically wrong okay i'll tell you why if i were to deep dive into this pharma company's numbers what i realize is that out of this 100 rupees of revenue they make 30 rupees of revenue in india business this is the fmcg business right so margins are awesome they make 12 rupees of ebitda on 30 rupees of top line there is no depreciation because there is no fixed asset what do you depreciate there is interest income because we have cash generation but you cannot redeploy the cash so there is interest income and then there is tax so 30 rupees top line 12 rupees ebitda 11 to 12 rupees pat all on a capital employed of 25 rupees so the roe is almost like 45 50% that is the roe of this one segment okay the second business that we do us business yes top line is higher we make 50 rupees of top line but look at the margin it's 5 rupees 10% ebitda okay and on top of that we are manufacturers in the segment as i told you so there is huge amount of fixed assets so there is a huge amount of depreciation then many of these companies have taken debt to do acquisitions in this segment so there is an interest cost so net net in this business many of these companies actually make a loss despite having a capital employed of 50 rupees which is a 12% negative roe and then the third business the api business which is just recovering because of the china factor today we do 20 rupees of revenue 5 rupees of ebitda 4 rupees of profit and a 15 16% roe if you add the three vikas you get the final column okay these are the three components basically now when you are valuing this company at 20 times 9 and a half vikas what you are doing is you are valuing the us business 20 times minus 6 am i right now when you do that when you value a loss at a multiple vikas mathematically what are you assuming you are not making this assumption consciously you are making this assumption subconsciously the assumption that you are making is that this business which is making a loss today will make losses for the next 20 years and the loss will actually keep growing as a loss minus 6 will go to minus 7 then minus 8 then minus 10 12 so on and so forth that is the implication of giving a multiple to the loss right that is the present value correct now that assumption is never ever going to come true vikash no company ever will do a business which will give them losses for 20 years and the losses will keep growing right any company does a business to make a profit right no businessman will ever do this business for 20 years and continue to make losses for 20 years no it's never going to happen correct now therefore what will happen now this businessman who currently runs this us business which makes a 6 rupee loss he has two choices right choice number 1 try to convert this minus 6 to a plus 6 somehow increase pricing change product portfolio reduce manufacturing do what you have to do 
but change this minus 6 to plus 6 mind you even at plus 6 in the us business he is making only 12% roe right so it's not extraordinary roe that i am hoping for i am hoping for a very normal roe of 12% if this minus 6 becomes a plus 6 how much does his to- total earnings go to from 9 and a half how much is the total earnings going to become 21 and a half there is a 12 rupee delta between minus 6 and plus 6 correct so this will become 12 21 and a half his roe will become 21% and the stock will obviously be at a different orbit altogether it will be nowhere close to 190 rupees you'll make a huge amount of money correct but that is an optimistic assumption not every entrepreneur will be able to turn around a loss making business to make it profitable what will the other entrepreneur do he will have to shut down the business right he cannot make losses forever he will not make losses forever right if he shuts down the business what happens vikash look at this table the same table as above but assuming that the us business has been shut down right your 100 rupee revenue goes to 50 22 rupee pida goes to 17 but look your 9 and 1/2 rupee profit goes to 15 and a half more importantly your 10% roe goes to 31% now if i were to give you these numbers vikas and if i were to tell you to value this company you are not going to value this company less than 25 times are you now if you value this company at 25 times 15 and a half what you get is 390 rupees of stock price which is more than 100% upside so just by avoiding the mathematical crime of giving a loss a multiple i can see many many pharma companies where there is more than 100% upside to them okay now i'll skip a few I have a question here before yes, we yes go ahead so aditya what what is the logic i mean what is the rational why us business is not allowing these companies to increase their margins no so it's not so us market is a free market okay uh, you are allowed to price your product the way you want to price it it is the competition which suppresses pricing now because this market was immensely profitable the us market was immensely profitable back in 2015 14 okay now because it was so profitable when in a commodity market with no barrier to entry you make very high profits what happens next vikas you get a lot of competition right now pharma is a market where competition takes 2 to 3 years to come in only because of the regulatory barriers you have to make a facility you have to file for products you have to get fda approvals then you launch the product it takes 2 to 3 years to come to the market now by that time these competitors entered the market they realized that there's so much competition that came into the market that they had to destroy the price just to survive now because they destroyed the price the profit also got destroyed because see pricing mein kya hota hai every time your price drops your profit drops by as much as your price drops your cost doesn't change no just because the price of the product came down your cost is not going to change no your cost is going to be the same so pricing works both ways when it goes up it takes the profit up with it when it comes down it takes the profit down with it now the reason why the price became so bad is because too many people came down to do that business and they, they there isn't space for so many pe- people in that business if you if so many people do that business then they will make losses and which is what is happening today and which is why now these people have started filing for bankruptcies because they can't survive in this market environment and as i said because there the supply is here the demand is here the pricing is very bad not that the supply is reducing the pricing will begin to improve right the best way to look at it is a chart i have where there is so this is a chart of drug shortages vikash okay now drug shortages are the primary indicator of demand and supply gap right look at how drug shortages are moving up in us why are drug shortages going up because because the pricing is so bad that people don't want to supply the drug now when you don't supply and there is a shortage what happens to pricing it will start to go up no they want the drug na and they they can't let the patient die no 
and with, because shortages are going up because supply is coming down pricing is improving and because pricing is improving that minus 6% uh, this minus 6 piece of eps will slowly become zero and then become profitable also just because so pricing say that the big becomes bigger here than in this case because uh, the number not necessary actually not necessary you know it's not like asian paints it's not one market so unlike you know paint industry where is just one industry pharma is 4000 industries there are 4000 molecules in pharma and each and every pharma company chooses which of these 4000 molecules they want to be present in right so sun pharma which is the largest uh, indian pharma company is present in 400 molecules out of 4000 right now ipca which is a very small company is present in 20 30 molecules out of the 4000 and it is not competing with sun pharma on any of the any molecule right because there is no overlap between their product basket so you can choose your market in pharma you can clearly choose where you want to be present because there are 4000 molecules you don't need to be present across all 4000 you don't need to sell everything so paint kya ek hi industry hai pharma kya 4000 industries hai bunched into one adipiprazole is one industry pantoprazole is one industry paracetamol is one industry you know metrogel is one industry these are all different industries and i can pick and choose where i want to go right so you know shortages are here abhi these shortages are not coming across the 4000 molecules they are coming in certain molecules right in those molecules if i now go there will be price inflation i can increase prices because there is shortage and i can make a huge amount of profit in those molecules right have i answered your question vikash yeah yeah very well great now coming to what should we do in pharma today right that is the most important question so people are saying stocks have doubled trebled some stocks have gone up let's take an example no sun pharma right again very well known company it was 1200 rupees a share in 2015 for that one day sun pharma was the most valuable company in india and dilip sanghi was the richest man in india where 12 rupees per share uh, for sun pharma from 1200 it went to 300 vikash how much is the decline in stock 75% from 300 it has come back to 600 how much is the increase in stock 100% 100% so in your mind you are being told that the stock which had declined 75% has gone back up 100% the stock is expensive but look at it 1200 ka stock 600 pe hai right these are these are mathematical illusions in your head because you focus on absolute values and percentages okay so which is why <clears throat> always every expert tells you to look at multiples if you were to follow this logic right then in bajaj finance are you putting money it was 1700 six months back na march 20 mein today it is 5200 na three times how are you comfortable putting money in bajaj finance right by that logic but wahan pe aap us logic se nahi soch rahe ho yahan pe aap us logic se soch rahe ho so it doesn't make sense to me always look at multiples right so if i look at multiples vikas on this particular chart that i am trying to show the pharma industry over last 12 years has traded at a 35% premium to the broader market okay just be- before this rally began we had gone down to 0% premium ki ye kabhi jana hi nahi chahiye tha wahan pe the fact that we went to 0% premium itself was a great opportunity okay and from there after the rally we have come back to that 31 32% premium which we have always traded at for the last 12 years so we are not expensive by any stretch of imagination we are purely trading at our average multiple right now any stock price has two components multiple and earnings what is the multiple we discussed is average earning let's talk about it what is the best barometer of earning return on equity is the best barometer of earnings now our average roe for the industry has been about 14 15% over last 12 years the peak was 24 the bottom was 
we have just seen the first leg of recovery from the bottom right going forward because none of these pharma industry companies are going to invest more right abhi loss was ban raha hai us mein kon invest karega koi nahi invest kar raha now if you're not investing in that market anymore and your earnings will continue to grow your roe will continue to improve only right now as your roe is continue to improve the multiple can either stay where it is or it can further improve it cannot go down no in which industry have you seen that the roe improves and the multiple goes down it doesn't happen with any industry correct so if your roe continues to improve your multiple stays where it is then as an investor for you the return on the stock is equal to the earning growth na if the multiple stays where it is if the multiple also re-rates bonanza for you you make earning growth plus multiple re-rating correct so to my mind there is no doubt that there is a still a very very good time to invest in pharma because we are trading at an average multiple we are recovering of the bottom of earnings and the earnings will continue to recover there is no doubt in that so the best time to invest in a sector is when valuations and earnings both are at the bottom which was the case a year back in pharma the worst time to invest in a sector is for pharma which was 2015 when the multiple was at its peak and the earning was at its peak right the second best time to invest in a sector is when the earnings and multiple both are at at its average which is where we are today so i don't think today we need to be scared of investment in pharma i think this is a space which requires more investment today from investors i'll just talk to you now briefly about our investment process um and then we'll be open the floor for question and answers yeah so just a small announcement so uh, in case uh, our investors have any questions so they can type in their questions in q and a box and then we'll start uh, you know shooting these questions to adit sure perfect uh, so you know a lot a lot of people talk a lot about buying decisions and you know buying is over talked to be honest uh, i just simply uh, you know summarize my buying decisions into three parts i want to buy great businesses at close to fair value simply because great businesses are rarely ever available at discount so a dr lal or metropolis or a abbott india you will rarely ever get these companies at a fair discount you will always get them at a fair value so i want to buy these businesses at fair value but not extremely rich valuations i want to buy good businesses at discounts so you know companies like ipka indoco jb chemicals these are all good companies and you will often get them at discounts because of the various reasons why markets misread these companies so much so you'll always get them at good discounts so very good to buy and you always want to avoid bad businesses we never want to buy bad businesses at all no matter at what the valuation is selling decisions so we sell companies only on two occasions number one when the stock runs up way too much versus our expectation so the risk reward becomes unfavorable then we want to sell the stock and we want to replace it with something else where the risk reward may be better secondly when there is a breakdown in our investment thesis if we expected the stock to do abc they go out and do xyz then you know sell we have we have gone wrong book the loss or profit or whatever it is get out of the stock go go into somewhere else where you have more predictability right sizing decisions are also important if you see at our, our portfolio we have 20 stocks but top 5 stocks are 40% weight and bottom 15 stocks are 60% weight so you know the allocation is based on conviction if the upside is material the downside is limited we can really size up our positions some of our top holdings are 10% of our portfolio and then we also want ample diversification so that the return of the return reward of the profile of the portfolio is good for every investor even the smallest investor the value companies on 10 parameters five of them are qualitative five of them are quantitative so you know we look at roic versus vac we look at capital structure cash flow adequacy we look at debt covenants we look at growth opportunity 
And then qualitatively, we look at competitive advantages. We look at pricing ability. We spend a lot of time on management. We look at the character of the management, the alignment of the management's interest with minority shareholders. And we also look at the dependence of the business model on external variables. We, uh, we basically score each companies on these 10 parameters. And then we choose the companies in which we want to invest. These are just some of the examples, you know, your Torrent Pharma, your Ipka, your DVs, your Ajanta, they score, you know, highest on our framework. And then, you know, you have other companies as well, which score lower. And this is how we select companies which, in which we want to invest. This is our portfolio as of today. Uh, you know, these are the top 10 holdings. And this is the performance of the portfolio, although it is almost only one and a half months old now, uh, the portfolio. And this is the market cap split of the uh, portfolio. So as you can see, it's a multi-cap product with very high weightage to small and mid caps. The index has much higher large caps. Uh, the reason for that is most of the large caps are highly dependent on the commodity business, which is the US business. And we don't want to bet so much money on the US business because end of the day, it's a commodity business, which is going to be very volatile. We want to have more and more uh, companies in our portfolio where the FMCG part of the business, the quality of the cash flow is extremely sticky and good. And many of those businesses are actually small and mid caps in India. So very counterintuitively, right? In India, large cap pharma companies are actually more commodity and more vulnerable in terms of their cash flow. And the small and mid cap pharma companies are actually more branded and more sustainable and sticky in terms of their cash flow, which is a very counterintuitive thought. People generally think small and mid caps are more vulnerable. In pharma, it's exact opposite. Small and mid caps are actually more sticky, more sustainable. Large caps are more vulnerable. Best example of that, Sun Pharma. Used to be 1200, is today 600 after seven years or six years, right? 50% decline after six years of the stock. And IPCA, which used to be 400, is today 2000. So five times in six years in the same time frame as Sun Pharma. And IPCA is one seventh the size of Sun Pharma in terms of a company. Sun Pharma is seven times larger than IPCA, right? So large is not safe in pharma. What is safe? You look at the cash flow, you understand the source of the cash flow. That tells you what is safe, not the size of the cash flow. The size of the cash flow tells you nothing. Yeah, so that's basically it uh, from me and Vikash, I'll be very happy to take questions. Yeah, so before we move on to the questions, one disclaimer here, whatever company names that, you know, Aditi talked about is a disclaimer that it's a part of the portfolio and none of us hold that company in our personal portfolio. Okay, uh, so we'll move to questions, a uh, lot of questions, so. Uh, hi. Yeah, go ahead, shoot. Yeah, sure. All right. So can you share the latest PPT? So the PPT is already been shared. Uh, why the stock price is assumed at 20 times the PAT in one of the slides? No, so that was just an example we gave that, you know, that is how people value pharma companies. They look at the total profit and they give the multiple to the total profit, correct? Now that total profit includes a loss from the US type business, which people don't understand, but they are nevertheless valuing that loss at a multiple. And that creates opportunity for investors like us to buy those stocks and wait till the US business becomes profitable or the company decides to shut down the US business. In both cases, as investors, we make a lot of money. Yeah, there's one interesting question, Aditya, and uh, you know, right from the day one, it has been taught by a lot of industry stalwarts that you know you should only have diversified portfolio. And this is a very good question. He's saying that what percentage you should have it in pharma out of your hundred rupees of overall equity investment. So I think there's a case for the uh, pharma to have it in the portfolio. So if you could throw some more lights on that. Sure. Uh, so two things here, right? Uh, very few people know this because, and I doubt if you, even if you know this, uh, there is 
maximum there is 17 year data available uh, on bloomberg 17 years of data for bse healthcare index and for nifty 50 2004 se 2021 tak ka data hai over 17 years the bse healthcare index has outperformed nifty 50 by a total of 57% 57 which is an annualized outperformance of the healthcare index versus the broader market by 3% annualized 3% outperformance annual uh so my question to your investing public and to every investor in the world is why do you want to be tactical or why do you think about it as a sectoral product it is a sector where you have companies which are globally competitive right so let me give you an example what i mean by globally competitive indian pharma companies have 48% volume share in the us market which other sector do you know where indian pharma companies or indian companies have such a market share in us or any other geography is there any sector you know no na it and pharma only two sectors where we can actually go out of our country and compete with global giants no correct can hdfc bank get me four bank accounts in new york if you are able to buy a 10 lakh rupee bmw will you buy a 10 lakh rupee maruti no na these are all great companies within the indian context because they are protected because they are protected by our laws by our frameworks by our regulators right what is the global trade war about it is about these regulations only right people don't realize the kind of risk they run in their current portfolios right your current portfolio is 40% financial services where rbi is acting as a umbrella to the hdfc banks and the icici banks of the world no right icici bank and hdfc bank have the balls today to charge you if you go and deposit money in a branch other than your home branch and they talk about digital banking right so your branch your home branch may be some branch in pune and if you are in mumbai mumbai and you are depositing cash in the hdfc bank, bank branch right they will charge you for that cash deposit because you are depositing cash into a branch and they talk about digital banking i mean they are ages behind banks like standard chartered and city okay if standard chartered and city rbi allowed them to do whatever they want to do in india no there will be no customer left for hdfc bank okay there will be no customer left but they are protected and and that that kind of companies is 40 50% of your portfolio at least at the least okay yeah that so, is the index level itself yeah at the index level itself right so so that is that is what you own today right you own companies which are so incompetent when compared to their global competitors but they are doing well in india because they are protected whereas in this sector you can own companies which are globally competitive they don't require regulations to protect them in fact regulations whenever they come hurt us they never protect us despite that we are globally competitive correct which is why this sector creates that kind of alpha over 17 years okay ye ek do saal ka data nahi hai 17 saal ka data hai 17 years this sector has created 57% alpha and then people ask me aditya when should i enter and when should i exit pharma are why should you enter and exit pharma you enter and exit financial services think about that yahan kahan pe enter exit ka baat hai there is no so the question is i mean during 2000 uh, com uh, bubble times nobody Correct. ever thought that tcs would be uh, the one of the largest company in terms of market cap in 2017 18 so Correct. you think you think that the Uh, in, in 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 our index, you think that any pharma company can become the biggest in terms of market cap ten years down the line? It did no. Sun Pharma in two thousand fifteen was the largest company in your index. Kali holding jada tha promoter ka. Is the index is fluctuated right? 
index is float weighted so sun pharma didn't become the largest weight in the index because the float was lower but it was the highest market cap company in india in 2015 right so potential to hai wo forget about that potential is there my question is my point is not that my point is firstly you should always be invested in a sector where you have global competitiveness and not local competitiveness point 2 healthcare is not a sector i just showed you there are five sub sectors within healthcare right what is the us market like it's like the steel stocks you are buying steel stocks before steel prices go up you are buying steel stocks what is the india business like like fmcg like you are buying hul avenue supermarts you are buying uh, png you are buying indian fmcg companies in indian pharma what is api manufacturing it's like uh, chemical and industrial manufacturing like you are buying these chemical manufacturers you are buying api manufacturers what is hospitals they are like retail companies like you are buying trend you are buying aditya birla fashion you are buying hospitals what is uh, diagnostics they are like qsrs like you are buying westlife you are buying uh, burger king and all that you are buying uh, dr lal metropolis so in this one product you are getting five six different sectors it's not a single sector product at all okay people should understand the business model you are buying five six different sectors you know what is the difference between a hospital and a trend between an apollo and a trend let's say when you walk into a trend ka westlife showroom right you decide how much you spend right vikash ek trouser khareedna hai ki char trouser khareedna hai ek shirt khareedna hai ki do shirt khareedna is your choice once you enter apollo hospital na vikash you have no deciding power of how much you spend correct and you may buy to, you may want to buy a westlife shirt one day you may want to buy a louis vuitton shirt the next day but once you have gone into an apollo you are always going into an apollo you are not going anywhere else which is a better business model vikash think about it correct so so i am saying you need to be invested there is no right or wrong time to be invested in healthcare you always should be invested how much of your portfolio don't think of it as a sectoral fund it is a multi sector fund multi cap fund yes you can invest 15 20 30 40% but you know don't think of it like you are putting money in one sector you are not putting money in one sector you are putting money in five sectors put together in one that's what you do so the question is from chirag he is trying to know which are the other sector that you focus on in your pms other than healthcare so no so as of now healthcare uh, fund is uh, purely focused on healthcare so we will have diagnostics hospitals we will have api contract manufacturing companies we will have domestic focused fmcg companies we will have uh, us focused uh, commodity stock companies we will have chemical companies uh, and we can also have insurance companies so these are the companies we you know initially plan to have in the portfolio which is which is what we own today and that is how the portfolio is structured yeah other thing is this particular question with regards to sun pharma so the, uh, mr shah wants to know what was the reason for so much of decline in sun pharma was it overvalued no it wasn't overvalued no uh, see sun pharma had 5000 crores of cash flow okay out of that 4000 crores of cash flow was coming from the us market now when you have 4000 crores of cash coming from a commodity market in that market if competition goes up pricing comes down your profit will fall for no fault of your own you have done nothing wrong you are doing sir everything just the way you were doing earlier it's just that the price fell down because somebody else entered the market and which is why sun pharma stock fell but which is why i am saying index investing in pharma doesn't work right because when you buy these big companies you are buying those commodity companies which have so much exposure to these uh, you know commodity markets right and these commodity profits will always be very volatile depending on what's happening to the competition and supply in the market correct which is why our product was so successful 
because we bought those companies which are getting most of their cash flow from fmcg and they are not vulnerable to competition they are protected by brand the other thing aditya i remember 2018 19 when these pharma companies were falling down uh, there were a lot of rumors around that these fdas they come in they visit the plant and they make their observations and sun sun pharma had more than 250 observations and blah 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 so what's happening to that now can you throw some more lights on the regulatory environment and how protected these companies post 2020 now correct ha huh. so there is no short answer to this to so bear with me for the next 2 3 minutes okay so i uh, met uh, a usfd inspector in 2014 he was here in mumbai to audit a plant near mumbai i i asked him this question i asked him see whenever you come to india uh, why is it that in indian plants you have so much you know problems uh his response was this and i quote him he said aditya from here from the airport now when i'm going to the plant i'll be traveling about 80 90 kilometers and i'll be crossing about 40 traffic signals right on each and every traffic signal i see somebody or the else is breaking the traffic signal right so even before i enter the plant i know that you indians you don't like to follow rules right so even before i enter the plant i know you are not following my rules correct so therefore the attitude of the inspector changes from whether there is a problem to where is the problem he is pretty sure there is a problem at the plant people are not following rules so i asked him so if we don't follow rules does that mean the product that we make is poor quality he said no the products that indian pharma companies produce are the best quality in the world and you produce it at the lowest cost which is absolutely surprising okay it's amazing but you guys don't follow rules we have a rule book you have to follow the rule book he says the us fda rule book says do process a b c d to achieve result e okay do a b c d and get outcome e when he goes to the plant he sees people have done a b d and still achieved d they have just skipped the process c and they still achieved d now he is not okay with that he is saying when you do a b c d and achieve e that is a science when you do a b d and yet achieve e that is an art so he says when i go to the plant i see a bunch of artists i don't see scientists i want scientists in the plant i want people who follow the process and get the outcome i don't want people who do everything that they wish for and still get the outcome right so ye ek problem hai vikash so the problem of the indian mentality of jugaad of you know ignoring rules or of improvising on rules that does not go well with regulators but but having said that if there are eight or nine large cap pharma companies in india All eight nine large cap pharma companies have had problem with USFD. All eight nine of them: Sun, Cipla, Lupin, Cadilla, Doctor Eddies, Orbindo. All of them have had problems with USFD. Am I right? But there are fifty small and mid cap pharma companies in India. Only three or four of them have had problems. Think about it. Very counterintuitive. Think about it. Larger companies have more money, better manpower. They should be able to tackle USFD better. Smaller companies have lesser money. Poor, maybe poor quality manpower. Yet they are able to tackle USFDA. Why? Because it is a function of scale. If you have a plant which is producing five billion tablets, the scope for making errors, complex chemistry, the scope for making errors is just higher, and you end up making error one place or the else. If you have a small plant producing ten crore tablets or five crore tablets, then the scope for making error is lower. The plant is smaller. The chemistry is simpler. right which is why our product again did well because we had smaller companies who had lesser scope of get falling in trouble with usfda right 
and the other products they had bigger companies and they had more companies which fell in more problem with usfda so the usfda problem i don't think is going to get solved i mean we are making progress we are get training our people to not do jugad and all that but at the end of the day you know it is a process that will take time okay yeah. the best way for you to step this side step this is to invest in smaller companies where they don't actually have these problems with usfda because the plant is smaller the chemistry is simpler the production is lower usfda ko problem nahi hota hai wahan pe so there is one participant who is saying that india indians are known for jugad <laughs> <laughs> that's, okay. that's true sure so uh, niranjan wants to know that you know which are the us companies which are facing uh, you know issues with regards to uh, us etc so niranjan i would suggest you not you suggest you that you don't have to track this you have to give the mandate to aditya and let him manage and find out which companies are facing issues in us etc uh, however uh, uh, you know i there is one more question one second uh, suppose i have invested in pharma so when to exit so i think yeah. aditya has already explained you know yeah. this is the sector where you need to be invested for a longer period of time so you don't have to really worry about when to exit actually uh, vikas uh, for for that one question you know uh, somebody asked right uh, what is the which are the us companies which are facing uh, facing troubles right yeah let me show you one thing the largest generic company in us is teva okay and how much trouble they are in you can understand by looking at their stock price this is their stock price vikas did you look at the chart yeah their stock price used to be 80 dollars is down to 11 dollars after 5 years this is the kind of stress the indian companies competitors are in right the second largest company in us after teva for genetic drugs is mylan this is the mylan stock price sukash it used to be what 70 dollars is down what 13 dollars this is the kind of stress our competitors are in when when your competition is that kind of stress supply is going to go down they are not going to maintain supply because they need to survive Yeah, go ahead, Vikash. All Next right. Question. So, uh, Mr. Nitin Shah wants to know: Can you give some examples of pharma, small cap pharma companies that you've invested in? Yeah. So, in our slides, we had that portfolio holding. So, these are our portfolio holdings, right? So, you can see Indoco Remedies is a three thousand or two thousand five hundred crore market cap company. Healthcare Global is again a three four thousand crore market cap company. Uh, JB is now ten thousand crores. Ajanta is fourteen fifteen thousand crores. Lawrence is fifteen, sixteen thousand crores. FDC is two thousand crores. So we have a bunch of uh, Unicam is twelve hundred, thirteen hundred crores, fifteen hundred crores, maybe. So you have a bunch of companies here which are you know small and mid cap. So what's your take on the investment by big pharma in complex uh, uh, generics and uh, 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 biosimilars? So both these uh, segments, right? Um, <clears throat> the problem i have is many of these large companies right uh, they all say i am trying to do complex generics okay great what is the benefit of doing complex generics the benefit is that it's difficult to make so therefore there will be few players and therefore i'll be able to charge a decent price because competition will be limited but the problem is when i go to 10 pharma companies and ask them okay what are you trying to do all 10 tell me i'm trying to do complex generics are if 10 of you are doing the same product how is it complex See, I as an investor don't care whether you are making an aeroplane or you are making a needle for the U.S. market. All I care about is if you are making an aeroplane, how many others are making an aeroplane? 
and if you are making a needle how many else are making a needle the problem that is happening is because of this complex genetic and biosimilar 10 pharma companies are saying i am doing complex genetics and biosimilar now if all 10 of them end up doing the same products nobody will make money nobody will make money because end of the day jab supply ka baat aayega there will be 10 people supplying the same product no matter how complex or difficult it was and if 10 people are supplying the same product the pricing will not be good it is a commodity market you will have to compete with the other to get your share and the only way to compete is by reducing price which is why i am not bullish i am absolutely not bullish on complex genetics and biosimilars i think it's a huge waste of money that these pharma companies are doing they are all realizing that as well because now if you listen to most of these pharma companies commentary even the larger ones they have started talking about the indian market they have started talking about acquisitions in india right they started talking about expanding indian labor force because they have also come to realize ki itna paisa banne wala nahi hai jitna log soch rahe the it's not going to happen so sandeep wants to know 20% weight in the pharma healthcare pharma pms makes sense for next 10 years is it advisable look i think 20% is reasonable uh, and i think uh, 10 years is a reasonable time frame so i think it's okay sure. that way ashish is asking that this fda issues can be repeated in future as well so Absolutely. yes yeah but it is the same companies which are vulnerable to it time and again look sun pharma got first in trouble with mohali uh, in halol in 2014 in 2017 halol was cleared then again they were fell into trouble with halol cadilla went into trouble with moraya in 2012 came out in 2016 then again went into trouble with moraya in 2018 ye jugad ka problem to hota rahega i agree with you that that is why it is important that you don't invest in those funds where these companies are the larger weights because these companies will keep having these problems and then as investors will keep complaining that you know pharma companies keep falling into trouble why do you need to invest in these companies you don't need to invest in them right just because they are large caps just because they are large weight doesn't mean i need to have them in my portfolio i don't need to hug the benchmark if i am hugging the benchmark how can i create alpha right i have to create alpha only when i am away from the benchmark which is what i did with my dsp product and which is what we are doing with the incred product as well all right uh yeah somebody is asking for the recording of the webinar so yeah sure nitin i'll share the recording with you some people are asking for a copy of presentation so yes post this session will have this sent to you the presentation which is shown by aditya and uh, request for some stock specific feedback link linkon pharma and wokart uh, okay uh, so i don't uh, i have looked at linkon pharma very very briefly uh, i didn't understand what the company was trying to do i think the promoter was confused as to what they want to achieve so i never looked at them again in detail so i don't really have a view today on linkon uh wokart is playing a very uh, risky game they are playing a all in so poker jo log khelte hain wo jante hain all in ka matlab kya hota hai so wokart promoter has gone all in on one uh, couple of molecules that they are trying to develop if they get the molecule right uh it's going to be like a hundred bagger from here right and if if they get it wrong the company is going bankrupt there's no saving them anymore uh they have basically put their all their eggs in one basket um so uh the chance of them succeeding is like 5%. So if they succeed you make a ton of money. If they fail you lose all your money in that stock. So that's where Wokart is. All right. Mr. Mayur wants to know how scalable the business model of Kaplan Point. You see that the management is what trusting. 
No, the business model is scalable. I don't think scale is an issue. I think Kaplan has ventured into the US market for injectables because Fidelity was willing to give them money to do that. Um, I like Kaplan. I think the promoters are great. Uh, the business model is very, very good. Uh, I only have doubts about their ability to, uh, you know, do the US business. Uh, you know, they're trying to make injectables and in injectables, the competition is coming from companies like Sun Pharma, Cadilla, Dr. Reddy's, Aurobindo. Uh, I don't know how they will succeed in that segment of their business, but that is only 10% of their business. The rest 90% of the business is still the Latin American, Central American business, which they're doing pretty well still, and they will continue to do well. So I like Kaplan overall. Uh, last question from my end, uh, and then we'll have uh, closing remarks. So, uh, an interesting question, uh, Mr. Rohit wants to know: How do you see the future of biopharma compared with traditional, you know, chemistry-based pharma? And is biopharma threat to traditional uh, chemical-based pharma industry? What do you? What's your sense? Um, so no, it is not a threat. Uh, it is a complementary product. Uh, see, if you look at biopharmaceutical products. They have come in more uh, type of uh, ailments like oncology, uh, blood-related uh, problems, immuno problems, where you know uh, small molecules were not doing a good job in terms of uh, healing the patient. So it's a complementary industry uh, which has come up, and it is supporting uh, the small molecule industry in taking care of more number of patients and more types of ailments. Biopharma companies will do very well going forward, but companies which are innovative biopharma companies will do very well. Um, Biosimilars is different because they are making generics of existing biopharmaceutical products. Those companies, uh, one will have to wait and see how they succeed. I don't, I'm not very sure they will succeed. And that is where my doubt lies, right? So I'm not so sure of biosimilars. I'm very bullish on biopharma companies which are trying to create new biopharmaceutical products, innovative products. All right. So there were a few participants who raised their hands and I've allowed them to talk in case they have they want to talk. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Aditya, Mayur, Kuldeep, Ashish, Mridul. Yeah. yeah. Vikas ji, uh, this is Mayur Shah from Mumbai. Yeah, yeah, Mayur. Uh, am I audible? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much, Vikas ji. I mean, uh, in a nutshell, you have made this complex generics API make, uh, sound so simple and easy to understand. I really appreciate your time and efforts to educate us. Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, sir, we have just, uh, 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 I have just invested in uh, Kaplan and uh, uh, this uh, Loris Labs. So basically in our group, everybody was investing. So when I invested, we don't know any head or tail about pharma. So, but still now, I mean, Loris has given us uh, good returns. The only thing is, sir, about Gland Pharma, uh, which we have entered uh, uh, recently, uh, I mean, it, it is a monopoly kind of business in uh, injectables. So I uh, just wanted to know, sir, uh, injectables is the new form of medication now because earlier everybody used to take tablets and not what we are hearing now is that uh, every medicine will be given as injectables uh, uh, going forward. So is it the new form of uh, medication, sir, injectables? I mean, the, uh, the short answer is no. Uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I'm short cut now. Uh, so Gland Pharma is a good company, uh, ah. but they are present only in the commodity type business, which is the US type business. Unka koi okay. Okay. And where their presence is, so see, if you invest in any commodity business, mein hai, 
आपको एक ही चीज देखना है कि उस बिजनेस में वॉट इज दाइंडलाईंगे तो प्रॉफिट घटेगा इट्स इकोनॉमिक इक्वेशन इसमें कोई माता फोड़ी का काम नहीं है ठीक है फार्मा क्या करता है इंजेक्टेबल्स बनाते हैं इंजेक्टेबल्स में भी सप्लाई कहाँ कहाँ से आ रही है गिनते हैं हम लोग सनफार्मा कैडिला लुपिन डॉक्टर रेड्डी और बिंदो फार्मा कैपलिन स्ट्राइट्स मैं मतलब ये ये तो सात आठ कंपनियां मतलब मुझे जुमानी याद हैं बट आई एम श्योर टेन ट्वेंटी नेम्स ओके राइट 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 लैंड फार्मा जिस स्पेस में है मेरे उस स्पेस में अभी इतनी सप्लाई आने वाली है इतनी सप्लाई आने वाली है कि वहां प्राइसिंग टूट जाएगी अब वो हो सकता है छह महीने में हो हो सकता है तीन महीने में हो हो सकता है दो साल में हो राइट इंजेक्टेबल्स में यूएस एफ डी बहुत डिफिकल्ट है बट एक बार कम्प्लायंस आ गया फिर आप मार्केट पे आओगे ना आपने एसेट क्रिएट करा था यू विल लॉन्च दी प्रोडक्ट ना तो आप प्रोडक्ट लॉन्च करोगे तो आप मार्केट शेयर कैसे गेन करोगे ग्लैंड से आप प्राइस काटोगे तभी आपको मार्केट शेयर मिलेगा कमोडिटी है ना वॉट अदर वे यू हैव टू गेन मार्केट शेयर मेरे परस्पेक्टिव में आप लोग जब कोई भी कंपनी में इन्वेस्ट करें दो चीजों पर खास ध्यान दीजिए पहला उसका पैसा बनता कैसे है कहाँ से पैसा आ रहा है वो यूएस मार्केट में बेच रहा है वो ब्रांडेड बेच रहा है नॉन ब्रांडेड बेच रहा है उस पर खास ध्यान दीजिए आप अगर वो नॉन ब्रांडेड बेच रहा है तो आप इस, इस चीज को समझिए कि वो जिस स्पेस में है वहां आज पैसा क्यों बन रहा है वाई इज ही एबल टू रिपोर्ट सच हाई प्रॉफिट टूडे राइट एंडिन्यू टू रिपोर्ट सच हाई प्रॉफिट विच इज विच विल बी ए फंक्शन ऑफ हाउ मच सप्लाई इज गोइंग टू कम इन टू दैट मार्केट राइट राइट आपका पैसा कम्पाउंड होता रहेगा उसका जो पेरेंट कंपनी है चाइनीज है सो ही माइट ओपन द मार्केट ऑफ चाइना मार्केट टू ग्लैंड उसमें कुछ पोटेंशियल हो सकता है ग्लैंड में so everything boils down to the prices uh, commodity prices as you uh, rightly said exactly. so basically we should focus on sir who uh, who are who's into brand building who's making their own drugs right. and selling as a brand so i think so right. that that we should focus on absolutely yeah. so campaign mein aapka aaj tak paisa bana aage bhi banta rahega 90% right. revenue is branded wo jo central america or latin america business karta hai na right brands based hai now right. brands are what are able to keep his business growing and they will continue to grow for the next 20 years you don't have to worry about it very true very true sir absolutely thank you so much sir thank you so much thank okay. you god bless you
Yeah. Okay. So Aditya, uh, sorry for taking more time than what was initially discussed. Yeah, absolutely fine. I'm absolutely okay. So there are a couple of questions with regards to portfolio, and uh, some people wants to know. So what should be the realistic expectation in terms of returns from this portfolio that you are? Yeah, sure. I mean, that's a fair question. Next yeah. Five years per time frame. Yeah. Look. So I told you that uh, on in terms of the valuation multiples, we are at the average multiples, and. ROE is going to improve because nobody is investing more in the sector. So what is going to happen is my portfolio earning growth is about 15 to 17 percent over the next two years. Now, if the portfolio earnings grow at 15 to 17 percent, assuming that multiples don't re-rate, your portfolio return should be 15 to 17 percent. And if multiples do re-rate, then you can get a higher return depending on how much multiples go up, which nobody can forecast, including me or you. so the returns that i guide to investors is 15 to 17% because that is the kind of earning growth that i can see in the portfolio companies yeah and what would be the churning ratio like how frequently going to churn the portfolio so generally you know if you look at the products that i have historically manufactured mera single digit churn rate i am very lazy that way uh, because uh, i look when we buy companies we do a lot of work before we buy a company and uh, we only churn after we realize we have gone wrong So my DSP product had a churn rate of eight nine percent, which means my average holding period is eleven to twelve years for a given stock, right? And I don't expect my churn rate will be anything different than that. Yeah. So you can assume between eight to fifteen percent at best. Sure. The other thing is we also looked at that you have fifty percent in small cap at the moment, and you know remaining fifty. How frequently it is going to change, or it, or it is basically an outcome, and you will only focus on what you want to do in that. Exactly. No, it is an outcome of the kind of company that I'm buying. Okay. My market cap pe focus karta hi nahi. My focus is only on the cash flow and the quality of the cash flow. Company choti bhi ho agar agar cash flow is good and it's sustainable and it's sticky, it's branded, I'm going to buy it. I don't care about the size of the cash flow. Uh, so I will not buy a Sun Pharma because I feel too much of their cash flow comes from commodity. I don't care about the size of Sun Pharma. And I will buy more FDC, more Indoco, despite them being very very small companies. because most of their cash flow comes from the india business which is again very sticky and sustainable so you know market cap is just an outcome here i mean that's not something i focus on so the question is uh, aditya uh, so somebody uh, said uh, other day i was hearing that you know indian uh, pharma companies have the potential to supply or play a very important role in global supply of medicine so do you endorse this statement or how is it are <laughs> 100% Uh, india is known as the pharmacy of the world by the way uh, and we are known as the pharmacy of the world because we supply to 200 countries in the world 200 countries okay uh, and we have no competitors even china is our customer so there is no competitor that we have so indian pharma companies are already a pivotal uh, you know uh, in terms of global supply chain in pharmaceuticals we are already there it's not a question of forecast it's a fact we are there आज अगर इंडियन फार्मा कंपनीज बंद कर दे सप्लाई चेन अपना इन एक्सपोर्ट मार्केट्स पीपल अक्रॉस द ग्लोब विल डाई लुक एट द वैक्सीन ना फाइजर बायोटेक एस्ट्राजेनेका सारे तो यहीं आके बन रहे हैं इवन रशिया का वैक्सीन भी यहाँ आके बन रहा है क्यों वाई आर वाई आर देक्चरिंग दे कैन मैनुफैक्चर इन यूएस बट इफ दे डू मैनुफैक्चर इन यूएस देन देर कॉस्ट ऑफ प्रोडक्शन विल बी ट्वाइस द कॉस्ट ऑफ प्रोडक्शन इन इंडिया एंड देन दे विल टू प्राइस इट हायर टू मेक इट अ प्रॉफिट and they don't want to price it higher because everybody in the world today needs that vaccine right which is why they are manufacturing in india so that they can price it reasonably and they can still make a profit sure so that brings me to second question so this uh, vaccine manufacturers in india 
what do you think what would be the quantum of uh, pack for these guys uh, uh, so vaccine manufacturing is a good business but unfortunately kya hai ki serum institute listed nahi hai so we can't sort of play serum institute through vaccines uh, for vaccines uh, and the but other they are not making any profits i think the adar pune wala gone on record saying that we are just contributing back to the society in terms of giving back whatever we can i mean look uh, you would expect adar pune wala to say that i think profit to bana raha hai acha bana raha hai lekin it's not that he's profiteering aisa nahi bolunga main he is making a reasonable profit he is not supplying at cost i don't believe so but uh, he is making a reasonable profit but he is not profiteering out of a pandemic that is for sure he could have sold it for far more far higher prices than he is oh, yeah. selling it for okay so he is not profiteering um, in terms of the other companies which are making uh, vaccines dr reddies uh, will be making the sputnik vaccine cadillac is making its own vaccine uh, smaller companies like vocart panacea Uh, they are also, you know, uh, making a few crore uh, vaccines here and there. Uh, in sabko thoda bhot profit milega, but there is not a large profit in vaccine business because pricing is controlled. Okay, so you cannot price the vaccine at any price you want. So pricing controlled, they'll make a decent profit out of it. Not a not a significant. I'll, I'll I mean I'll find them so bad overall bad of these companies. Nah, nee, zada nee hoga because see uh, again, Cadilla and all they're they're already such a large company. on their pad base that vaccine ka pad will not really move the needle significantly right okay. same goes for a doctor reddies panacea and vocart maybe thoda bahut movement aa sakta hai pad mein but then you also have to question the uh, sustainability of that pad right ek bar covid khatam ho gaya fir covid ki vaccine kon lega correct so wo ek bar ka cash flow aa jayega then how will it recover is my question it won't recover okay Okay, so maybe in last two minutes we have allowed um, Ashish to also speak in case they wish to speak, and then we'll conclude the session. Yes, yes sir. Oh, Hello, Ashish, yes, sir. Sir, I am a uh, graduate student, sir. Sir, I have been tracking, and sir, I have even heard your uh, Varinder Bansalvan con call, which you did with Madhu sir and Shaili sir. So, sir, recently we have added stocks like uh, Divis, Lawrence, and Granule, sir. One stock. that is in my dad's portfolio is glenmark sir sir it is since the time it listed sir uh, that i have been tracking recently and there are buzz that there is a api uh, api fundraise that they are going to do and there is an uh, there is a rnd pipeline also that they are trying to monetize so sir any views on that sir like have you tracked or about glenmark sir So look, I uh, I think Vikas missed this point uh, initially, but uh, my first job was actually with Glenmark. Uh, I was in their treasury uh, from 2005 to 7. So I have done two years in that company. Um, I know the company probably too well, uh, but uh, uh, for me, the problem with Glenmark is that they are trying to do innovation as a business, and innovation as a business is lap is like uh, throwing dart in the dark. Okay, I'm afraid I'm there. when you are trying to throw a dart on the board okay so you don't know when you will succeed glenmark has already done innovation for 20 years and not succeeded okay now they may succeed tomorrow or they may not succeed for another 20 years nobody knows including glenmark doesn't know this right because it's you are trying to create something new na you will fail time and again time and again and then suddenly one time ho jayega right now that suddenly jab hoga na tabhi glenmark mein bahut paisa banega then shareholders something like glenmark will make a lot of money but wo kab hoga na wo nahi malum 
so it can happen tomorrow it cannot it may not happen for next 20 years also again so yes, therefore sir. so therefore if you are investing in a company like glenmark or wokart also um you need to have a investment horizon of 10 to 20 years and aapka jo paisa banna hai na wo sab 10 din mein banega but wo 10 days us 10 20 saal mein kab aayenge wo nahi malum for the rest of the time you will not make any money so let's say you buy it glenmark at 500 rupees a share today you keep buying at 500 rupees a share for the next 5 years it the stock continues at 500 rupees for the next 10 years then in 10 days once they hit a success in innovation the next 10 days the stock will go from 500 to 2000 or 3000 and you will make your entire money of 10 15 years in those 10 days the problem is nobody knows when those 10 days will come it can come starting tomorrow or it can come 20 years down the road also so utna patience hona padega aapko apne paise ke sath okay sir and sir one question about natco farm also that also we actually recently studied uh, they also have a they also have a molecule called revlimid i think that uh, they are going to launch next year so like any any views on that i like natco as a company i like natco as a promoter the promoter is excellent is very very good uh the problem with natco is that uh, 70% of their profit comes from one product in the us which is latiramid copaxon now that product whenever incremental competition comes in that profit will fall now wo competition kya kal bhi aa sakta hai ho sakta hai do saal bhi na aaye that depends on the ability of the competitor to get product approval and launch the product so that can happen any day any time we don't know उनका जो करंट प्रॉफिट है ना उसका सेवेंटी परसेंट प्रॉफिट एक प्रोडक्ट से आता है यूएस में um i'll take just two questions quick questions uh firstly just wanted to get your understanding on the api segment you know in india uh, especially a company like say hikel what's your view on that no so api segment i'm extremely bullish um i think china so i, I said during my presentation china exports api worth 40 billion dollars and indian companies export api worth 4 billion dollars this china plus plus one rhetoric is for real huh? it's playing out and uh, Uh, companies like Hikel, Newland, Arthi, Lawrence—they are all benefiting, benefiting from this. And this is such a huge opportunity that there is not going to be one or two winners. There are going to be multiple winners out of this. Okay, and uh, as long as you are able to maintain your own compliance track record, and you know you don't get in trouble with USFD or anybody else, I think uh, each all of these companies will make a lot of money, lot of money, insane amount of money out of this because. You look if china loses 20% market share right 40 billion dollars eh? if they loses 20% market share how much business did they lose 8 billion dollars let's say out of that 8 billion dollars that business comes to india india ka sale jo 4 billion dollar hai wo 4 plus 8 12 ho jata hai right so your your growth rate is 200% if china's growth if china's de- revenue declines by 20% you know what i mean ye jo base ka difference hai na ye base ka difference bahut bahut important hai aur ye play out ho raha hai already it has started it will play out over the next 10 to 20 years without without a shadow of a doubt in my mind so it's going to be a very very big secular run in many of these api companies for the next 10 to 20 years 
so if i were to understand you're saying there's not there won't be a lot of differentiation with respect to these players you know it's like a segment which is growing but uh, or do you there will be differentiation how do you differentiate how do you there will be differentiation so uh, there are certain products where you cannot compete with china so okay. for those so again pharma is 4000 molecules right right so china 4000 molecule ka raw material banata hai out of that my sense is about 1500 to 2000 molecules we can compete with them very very effectively but okay. the balance 2000 molecules we can't compete with them so any of these companies if they are trying to compete with china on those 2000 molecules where china is dominant and will remain dominant they will not make money got but if you are competing with china on the other 2000 molecules where china is vulnerable and we can compete with them there you will make money so you can't just go out and buy any api company you have to buy those api companies which are doing those products where we are competent with china we can compete Makes very helpful, many, many thanks. And just last one question is: when you're talking about uh, the injectables, you know, it's beginning of, uh, you know, the profitability might come down. Uh, so the brand play does not work there. No, because uh, the company we were discussing was Gland. Right. Now they are selling products to generics. They are not selling products to branded companies. So when you sell products, okay, okay. okay. So when you sell product to generics, ninety-five percent of Gland revenue comes from uh, product sales to generic companies. आपका कस्टमर का अगर प्रॉफिट गिरेगा तो आपका भी प्रॉफिट गिरेगा ना इज नॉट गोइंग टू पे यू द सेम एज अर्लियर राइट राइट थैंक्स आदित्य थैंक्स एंड आई यू रियली अप्रिशिएट योर टाइम परफेक्ट ओके थैंक यू मृदुल या थैंक यू आदित्य फॉर योर पेशेंट आई मीन आंसरिंग ऑल द क्वेश्चंस सो पेशेंटली एंड यू नो द क्वेश्चंस आर स्टिल गोइंग ऑन सो व्हाट आई विल डू इज प्रोबब्ली पोस्ट दिस सेशन आई विल गेट इन टच विद यू एंड श्योर ट्राई एंड नो मोर फ्रॉम यू वी कैन डू दैट इन ऑफ टाइम and i also wish you a good luck for running this pms and uh, you know Thanks. i think uh, you will continue to do well no doubt on that uh, i also take this opportunity to thank praveen ladia uh, head of sales at incred amc for helping us to put up this beautiful show out here uh, and uh, you know i think uh, most the feedback that i am getting from most of these investors are that the, the session really went off very well so thank you so much Pravin, anything okay. you want to add before? Thanks we... to Vikash being a new entity, obviously a platform like yours gives us an audience to showcase what we are getting something very different from our house. This is something which we believe the, that is making more sense from an investment perspective, and everyone should have. And that is why this is the first product from our house for the clients. So thank you for taking us to so many of your investors and partners. No, no, thank you so much. Uh, it was really and, wonderful. Yeah, Pravin. In any pending question, you can compile and we'll, uh, which I will answer back to. Yeah, there are many, so I, I'll have to kind of compile and then share it with Praveen. And uh, I know Praveen. Praveen uh, does not leave even single question unanswered, so probably I'll kind of bother him again post this session and ask those questions. So once again, thank oh. you to all the investors uh, for joining in, and uh, we will answer all your questions. So please write to me separately at Vikas at aipms.com and then probably i'll get in touch with praveen and aditi in turn and answer all your questions so once again thank you and wish you all the very best uh, praveen and aditi my regards to you and incred amc as a family thanks vikash take care take care everyone stay safe